Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. Still not indicted. Glad to be with you for the next three hours live. 866-997-4748. When punched into your mobile device by your very attractive finger, instantly makes you a cast member on this show. And by instantly, I mean you might have to wait on hold for a while. But we'll get to you this evening. we got a great one lined up. There's so much to cover. And by so much to cover, I mean there's one big story and then a lot of other stuff that I wish we would talk about more. We are coming at you live from Los Angeles in Sirius XM's beautiful Hollywood studios. It's so good to be back. Chris Housel's producing this thing from uh, down there in South Carolina. Thea Harper's producing this thing from Brooklyn. I'm here with Russ in the in the room. It's good to have you back. It's good to meet him. I'm, like, I'm welcoming you like I'm the fucking mayor's wife. It's good to be back in your venue. Thank good you. Good to see you, sir. Good to, good to be seen. <laughs> and we are so thrilled to be doing our show at a time when there's still light in the sky. 866-997-4748. Shout out to everyone listening live. Our evil army of the night. We really want to hear from you guys. We're going to be covering... All the ins and outs of this indictment, and of course, that means all of the lunatic defenses that right-wing people who had plenty of time to think of better defenses have been coming up with. We're going to have Professor Corey Brechtschneider here later on this hour. In our second hour, a pretty fun panel of our good friend Dr. Tracy Pearson, comedian Liam McEnany is back, and uh, comedian Ron Placone, who some of you may know from his work with the Young Turks, are going to be here. So all night long, however, it's going to be up to you guys. I want to hear what you think about the first president to be impeached twice, who's also the first president to be indicted on criminal charges, who's also the first former president to be indicted twice and the first one to be indicted three times and the first president to be indicted on criminal charges for behavior while in office. And the first president whose daughter said she's going to bail on his reelection. So it's, uh, what, 60 days until the Trump Organization's civil fraud suit, 165 days until E. Jean Carroll's defamation suit resumes, 179 days until the Trump Organization's pyramid scheme class action suit. Don't forget about that one. That's from fuckery they committed while on The Apprentice. It is 235 days until the New York State criminal hush money suit begins in a Manhattan courtroom. 291 days until the May 20th classified documents trial. 37, 40 felony counts right there. And now, of course, we'll find out later in uh, the month of August when this trial might happen. But no trial in American history has ever come as close to this one, just in terms of sheer importance. The importance of putting on trial a former president who tried to steal the White House, who is trying to reclaim the White House after his attempt to steal it. This will be the only chance... Humanity has of holding him 
responsible, holding him liable for trying to steal your democracy. That's what a bunch of Republicans said back two years ago when they had an impeachment. Why are you impeaching him? That's what the criminal justice system is there for. They're not talking about that now. Despite having lost, the defendant was determined to remain in power. That's the big line y'all need to remember from this indictment. It's 45 pages. If I can read it on a plane, and I'm, I'm just a goof, shiny things confuse me, but if I can read it, you can read it too. And it's worth remembering something. You know, in a way, uh, reality TV got this man elected. He was just this shitty celebrity in New York who used to humiliate the mother of his children by taking his girlfriend out in front of the paparazzi. Just a, a low life. And then he had this reality show where young people trying to break into business groveled and pretended to respect him. And then the ratings tanked. So then they made it a tragic show for celebrities, for people who maybe wanted to keep their 15 minutes going a little longer. Celebrities who were willing to be good enough actors to pretend to respect Donald Trump on national TV while he pretended to be a CEO in a boardroom set. He, he, he's, a, he's a landlord. His dad's business. He's not a CEO, but it was enough, right? That and Trump's love of pro wrestling. I mean, this really was the first reality TV president, the first reality TV character, host, performer to ever get the White House. In many ways, when you go to vote, you're voting for what show do I want to watch the next four years? You know, you get a say in, if it gets renewed for another four we're all sort of TV programmers. When we go out for our democracy, we're not just picking a leader who will administer laws. We're also deciding what we want to watch. And that's important because a year from now, we'll be getting ready to do that again. It's not going to be an election between this old white man and this old white man. It's going to be, what do you feel like watching? And I'll get to that in a moment. It was a very surreal day in Washington. The former president was placed under arrest for the third time in four months. He pled not guilty, because I like the word pled better than pleaded. That's me. I, you know, I'm sorry. I think I should be able to say pled. Pled guilty, not guilty, by all the charges that he used unlawful means to try to throw out your vote in the 2020 election. Now, the lawyers for Donald Trump are saying they're going to try to delay the trial any way they can, which is what you should expect. There's three strategies. Number one, the bullshit strategy of it was just First Amendment. He was just exercising his rights. It was free speech. You liberals, why do you hate the First Amendment? OK, that and and, and that'll work with the base because, hey, uh, they know the base is never going to read the indictment. The second argument is going to be, well, he didn't know. He, he, he really did believe it. He really believed these lies he was spreading. And so it, there's no corruption if he believes it. They're really going to push that. And again, that's the he can't tell the difference between reality and fantasy. Make him president again. That's the argument they're going to go with. And of course, the real argument is no argument at all. It's a strategy. Delay, stall, delay, stall, become president and pardon yourself. That's what they're hoping. And they will be trying to delay this as much as they can. Did you happen to notice the D.C. courthouse? is the same courthouse that had the trials for so many January 6th rioters. It's kind of beautiful he had to walk through that door. Following his third arraignment, Donald Trump gave a very uplifting, moving speech on the tarmac, reminding us that what really matters is that we are all in this together and Americans have to look out for each other. And the big picture is how we treat each other. Give a, that, he said, no, it wasn't that. Here's what he actually said. Well, thank you very much. This is a very sad day for America. And it was also very sad driving through Washington, D.C., and seeing the filth and the decay and all of the broken buildings and walls and the graffiti 
This is not the place that I left. It's a very sad thing to see it. Uh, when you <laughs> look at what's happening, this is a persecution of a political opponent. This was never supposed to happen in America. This is the persecution of the person that's leading by very, very substantial numbers in the Republican primary and leading Biden by a lot. So if you can't beat him, you persecute him or you prosecute him. We can't let this happen in America. Thank you very you much. There are so many lies there that we could spend the next three hours, brothers and sisters, parsing just that little obnoxious bit of audio. But my favorite part is where he pretty much says not letting him steal the election causes graffiti and homelessness. When the whole thing began, his lawyer said, President Trump is present. And uh, <laughs> Judge Upadiah said, good afternoon, Mr. Trump. This is the third and latest indictment against this guy. Four charges, and it makes the case in the most simple of terms. I'm going to say it again. Despite having lost, the defendant was determined to remain in power. That's how the introduction reads. And it's pretty succinct. 78 criminal charges in three jurisdictions. And there'll be a fourth indictment in Georgia probably by the end of this month. So this entire reality show campaign that we're going to see next year is really all about his existence. Can you run for president to avoid prison time? Can you pardon yourself? The DOJ's uh, Office of Legal Counsel has said for a long time that sitting presidents can't be tried and they can't be imprisoned. And Trump has already said he's going to dismantle the DOJ independence or pardon himself when he's like, I, I didn't know about this. I don't really understand. I thought we had a war with England to get away from having kings. But the big lie you're going to hear about the big lie is he's being indicted for his First Amendment rights. That's not true. And the argument's not going to hold up. You know who's going to believe it. The people who believe everything Donald Trump says. And I highly recommend for you, the good of your own nervous system, friends and neighbors, don't get into long arguments with your Trump-loving relatives or coworkers or neighbors or Facebook friends about the First Amendment thing. It's bullshit. It's not going to hold up. You don't need to burn lean tissue trying to drag someone into the light. They don't want to come. Trump's attorney was saying there's nothing more protected under the First Amendment than political speech. He has every right to advocate for his position. Now his advocacy is being criminalized. Oh, did you watch Giuliani weeping on Newsmax? The Fifth Amendment, the First Amendment rights, and they're going after for First Amendment rights. Guys, there's no First Amendment right to participate in a conspiracy. There's no First Amendment right for trying to disenfranchise voters. There is no First Amendment right to try to take away someone's right to have their vote counted. It's really simple. If you and I engaged in a criminal conspiracy and we talked about it, um, we would not be prosecuted for talking about it. But if we committed the crime, we'd be prosecuted for that. No one's disputing Donald Trump had a right to lie that he had won the election, whether or not he believed it to be true or false. And this is the right to lie party. They're coming out there saying these right to lifers. Now they're the right to liars. And they're saying even if it was false, he still has a right. The question is not about his words. It's about his actions. And did his actions in trying to appoint fake electors to throw out the will of the American voters, predominantly, and I'm going to say this again, black and brown voters in Arizona and Pennsylvania. Those are the votes they were trying the hardest to throw out. That's the part we're talking about. Whenever someone comes to you and says First Amendment, you say to them, fake electors, keep the narrative on the actual crime. Not a lot of protesters today outside that gray weather courthouse. Not a lot of support. On page eight of the indictment, it says, these claims were false, and the defendant knew they were false. In fact, 
The defendant was notified repeatedly that his claims were untrue. And that's the killer point here. There's three whole pages in this indictment of where Trump made knowingly false statements even after those best positioned to know the facts in his inner circle told him he was lying. Pence told him he had seen no evidence of outcome determinative fraud. DNI John Ratcliffe, who I never thought would be honest about anything, disabused the defendant of the notion that the intelligence community's findings regarding foreign interference would change the outcome of the election. John Ratcliffe told him the truth. Senior White House attorneys that he had hired to give him advice told him, no, there's no evidence of any kind of real election fraud that would determine the outcome. Trump said that more than 10,000 dead people voted in Georgia four days after the Republican Secretary of State told him that was a lie. On tape, Trump said there's been 205,000 more votes than voters in Pennsylvania after his own acting attorney general told him that was not true. They would literally say, Mr. President, that's a lie. You can't repeat it. And then he'd repeat it. And their defense is he believed it. He believed it. The night before January 6th, Trump approved and caused his campaign to claim that Pence believed he could intervene in the certification of the Electoral College. Pence had already told him he couldn't do that. Trump keeps saying he's the victim of Biden's DOJ. Biden's DOJ. They're going to keep that up. Biden didn't indict him. Biden's not even talking about it. Merrick Garland, Jack Smith, none of them indicted him. Citizens on a grand jury heard the evidence. They indicted him. We got to keep dragging this back from the bullshit. And you notice they're attacking the judges all over the place, except for Aileen Cannon, the federal judge in Florida. He appointed. He's now begging for the trial to be moved away from D.C. He's saying it's it's a heavily Democratic area. It's not fair. Neil Katyal said if Trump doesn't want to be tried in D.C., maybe he should go to another jurisdiction the next time he plans to break the law. (laughs) In other words, try that in a smaller town. Look, this little fragile democracy we like to to hang on to relies on the peaceful transfer of power. It's against the law to stop that from happening. Are we going to go through this every time the loser of an election doesn't like the results? Ask your Republican friends if they think Joe Biden should be allowed to appoint fake electors and have Kamala Harris decide those are the real votes. Ask your friends if that should happen. I want to play you uh, Trump's attorney, Alina Haba who's not indicted, uh, and like many in Trump world, is here outside the courthouse to talk about the issues that really matter in this indictment. If your last name's Trump, it's very different. So Hillary Clinton could have a problem when she lost the election, and we could have a complete liberal meltdown, as we all saw. But when Mm. we have dignified disagreements, we take them to court, we say do things patriotically and peacefully, he's to blame for things that he did not himself do. And that's what we're seeing. Frankly, folks, this is not about that. This is about politics. This is about 2024. Period. The end. Hillary Clinton's meltdown. Was that when she flipped out and made people commit a riot for take it to court? You took it to court 60 times. (laughs) My friends, this is what we're dealing with now. I mean, the mainstream media has gotten a little bit better, but you guys know what you're dealing with. We are debating two plus two with people who don't believe two two plus two is four. We're not debating immigrant rights or women's rights or children's rights or, or, or transgender rights. or minor. We're, we're debating whether the sky is blue. Donald Trump committed these crimes for power. He had a scheme. He had accomplices. It was an effort to throw out democracy. It was an effort to reject the will of Americans. Now, we already have a system in place to do that. It's called the Electoral College. We rejected the will of Americans in 2016 when the majority of us wanted the email lady. Instead, we got the racist reality show clown. And the racist reality show clown tried to hold on to power against the will of the voters using a fake elector scam. And he 
pressured governors on tape to find more votes for him. And he tried to get his vice president to throw out the results of the Electoral College. And he tried to delay the electoral count by telling his supporters to go to the Capitol and fight like hell. So what's next for the Republican Party? Hmm? I mean, guys, you got to realize, I I know this makes some of y'all happy, but please remember, the the next year is going to be people defending this. You got to stop and smell the comedy. Okay, because the vast majority of Republicans, seven in 10, say they believe Biden's win was illegitimate, according to a new CNN poll. So what does that say about where the party stands? I mean, this is exactly as it's been. It is the Republican Party. It's the party of Nixon. It's the party of Gingrich. And uh, it's the party of Dick Cheney. It's the party of Lindsey Graham. Here on Hannity last night is uh, Miss Lindsey resuming his designated role as captain of the MAGA cheerleading squad. Well, it's their double standard. The only reason we know about the Burisma deal, that about a week before he goes to Ukraine, Burisma officials pay about 4 or $5 million to Hunter Biden and his <laughs> no. friends no. to get him to fire the prosecutor. That worked. Yeah, no, there is no is independent true. media in this country. They're in the tank for the Democratic Party. Thank God for Jim Jordan and Representative Comer. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't know any of this. So what do we do? Donald Trump is going to fight like hell. He's going to win the nomination. He's going to be the next president. This indictment that they came up with has got a bunch of, it's going to hit a bunch of legal walls, Sean. You know, I think if Lincoln were here, he would say, cry, bitch. I really do. I think that that, that is Lady Blah Blah raising the bar on lowering the bar. Again, there's so many lies there. You have to believe that Joe Biden, as the vice president, had the power to set international policy to remove a corrupt prosecutor in Ukraine. They, they fired the prosecutor because he wasn't prosecuting crime. But if you watch Fox News, you will never know that fact. So top Republicans have allowed a huge chunk of their party to become this fact-free thug zone. And it shows that Trump's hold on a significant chunk of this party is supported. By the party leaders. Mitch McConnell is okay with it. The ones who are waiting for Trump to go away, he's never going away. They're going to keep on playing dumb. You will hear these Republican Party leaders, like the ones who are running against Trump right now. They're going to say, they'll say Biden is president, but they won't say he won the election. And when you hear Republicans do that, they are part of the big lie. Just like they were part of the, uh, to this day, if you ask someone, where is Barack Obama born? If they say, well, he claims he was born in Hawaii. I don't know where he, I don't care where Barack Obama was. No, you are part of the racist birther lie. And when they come out and say, no, Joe, I accept that Joe Biden is the president, but they won't say he was elected. They're an accomplice. They're weasels. They're not going to come out and embrace Trump's lie, but they're going to try and ride it to the finish line. This indictment uses the word false 94 times. But more importantly, it uses the word knowingly 36 times. And you, you got to remember, guys, this is really important. The next hearing is scheduled for August 28th. Trial date will probably be set then. And then we can look forward to the next big reality show election, because that's what 2024 is going to be. For our reality addicted culture, we're going to get to decide once more which show we want to watch. Only it's not going to be old white guy number one or old white guy number two show. No. We're going to have a binary choice, every American. And this is how it's going to be. It doesn't matter how the juries in all of these trials rule, because the jury is us. We are the jury. And we're not picking a president. We're picking a reality show. And we're going to have two choices. Number one is Trump in the White House, season two, or Trump in jail, season one. 
when you go to vote in November of 2024. That's it. Forget about women's rights. Forget about believing in climate science. Forget about labor. You know, you're voting for Trump to be back in the White House or to go to the big house. It's not going to have anything to do with Joe Biden. Remember, guys, he knew he lost. The jury is us. And nobody is above the law. Except for Supreme Court justices. Okay, we want to know what y'all think. We're at 866-997-4748. Justin in North Carolina, thank you for calling. Welcome to SiriusXM. Thanks, John. Thanks. Um, I've got a couple of theories. Hit me. All right. So I think Donald Trump is looking at this all the wrong way. Okay. He, need, he needs to embrace prison, <laughs> as Hitler did. And okay. And he can have Rudy Giuliani next to him, as his Rudy Hess. And he can work on his manifesto. Yeah. Instead of Mein Kampf. Probably <laughs> you know, I think, I mean, Mein Kampf is a sophisticated way of saying the art of the deal. It's true. Uh, and, and remember, Hitler went to jail after the beer hall putsch. And that's what this was you know, on January exactly. 6th. It was a putsch. I think, um, yeah, so instead of Mein Kampf, it would be uh, Doom Kampf. <laughs> we'll accept that answer. Very good. Thanks so much. Thank you. I love it. We 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 are here to be your open mic. Let me go to Sean and Callie. Hey, Sean. Hey, brother. How's it going? Not too bad. I'm glad to be here in your state of California. It's beautiful to be back. Oh, nice, nice. That's cool. You know, I you know, I have to say tonight I can report to the American people and the world, the United States has conducted their constitutional obligation to charge Donald bin Laden with his involvement in January 6th. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is, thank goodness. I mean, I, it may not be everything that I wanted or I was hoping seditious conspiracy and you know, even all the way up. It's to there, the, but it's there, Sean. It's there. It's there. Yes. There's a lot of, I, I wanted to see stochastic terrorism. I wanted to see the word insurrection. Those words aren't there, but the charges are. The the, the brilliance, I think, of this indictment, and again, I'm just a, a mook who's confused by shiny things, but when you actually read it, it, it it's all there. The stochastic terrorism, the, the, the insurrection, uh, he just has very broad parameters uh, for covering what these charges are. I mean, that's, that's you know, a conspiracy to deny rights it's it's all there well, no i and i hear you and this is the it's it's sad i'm not sure what words you have better words than me on this it's sad to me the republican party that used to be somewhat moderate in the 70s even though yeah you had nixon and all that nikki haley right and i have to pick on a woman which is sad but this is going to be what these candidates are going to have to do if they want to keep going down the Donald bin Laden alley. The alley is um, I'm going to do like Ford did for Nixon. Yeah, that's that's the, the alley she took. And I was like, really? First year woman in the Republican Party right now in 2023. I say, what's wrong with you? Because I'm like, are you kidding me? You're not going to get there. Neither is Tim Scott. I mean, he's been attacked, and, 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 you know, Kamala Harris did a brilliant job in saying, you know, hey, what's wrong with you black folks that are, you know, not understanding the code about, you know, not teaching that black folks did not 
benefit from slavery. It's not even oh, yeah. code. I mean, it's yeah. like, holy cow. But, you know, that's zero integrity. But mm-hmm. this is what we're dealing with. They don't really have integrity. I'm not sure their calculations. It really doesn't matter to me because the way I see the actual math right now, Donald bin Laden can, you know, whenever the trial happens, I think January is a better date. People are putting it more towards April, like Brother Dean. I keep, hearing it's gonna happen, I, I keep hearing it's going to happen in the summer, which will be um, outstanding, because this could happen right after, right after the the uh, convention. And again, Trump may already be a convicted felon by the time this trial begins. Yes. And, and so, you know what? It was even the reason why Donald bin Laden happened in the damn first place, Donald yes. Trump, was yes. the fact that they have been courting crazies, Republican Party, for 30 fucking years. They, they've been courting all the while people. All the while, the actual people that were doing the courting were just grifting and mooching, taking their tax cuts. <laughs> I know. They were taking all the money. Well, what do you they want? Democrats gave up on these people after the Civil Rights Act. They're just sitting there. Someone's got to take them. Well, I have to agree with you on, on the fact that we are not aggressive enough. You know, I'm aggressive. I'm I'm fired up. I want them to take my butt. But we have to fight these people on their territory. We have to take it to them. We have to take it to them all the time. Yeah. And, yes. and never give up. Yes. And, and you know, yeah, and, and support our teammates because our teammates yes. are wide. We have. Well, um, I mean, they're working out, so they're not that bad, Sean. Let's not size shape any of our own teammates. Can we please, sir? <laughs> not that Save kind of t- wide, but yes. Oh, we have a, sorry. We're like herding cats. But yes. I'm a simple man. <laughs> Sean, I got to run. Professor Corey Brechtschneider is waiting in the wings. I hope you had a great birthday, though. The real CBS. But- Thanks, brother. Nothing but love for all my Leos. Don't go away. We're getting to all your calls tonight. And I promise also, folks, if a if a second thing happens on Earth today, we'll talk about the other thing, too. But apparently, my TV tells me this is the only thing, all these continents, just this. I'm going to bring in Professor Corey Brettsnyder, who's just a bit more learned than me on matters of legality when we come back. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. 
everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. This is SiriusXM Progress. By the way, the heat wave is bringing dangerously hot conditions across the southern U.S. It's never going to quit. Alerts are now in effect for about 70 million people. Please, please look after your neighbors, look after old folks, and look after animals. We are Sirius XM Progress, and I'm so pleased to welcome Corey Brechtschneider back for another installment of Barely Legal with Corey Brechtschneider. I say it now because he won't allow me to call it that when we're on air together. Um, but Corey is, of course, the <laughs> professor with a Ph.D. in politics from Princeton and a law degree from Stanford. And he uses it to fight crime in the legal system and enrich the minds of students in the poli-sci department at Brown. You should read his book, The Oath in the Office, A Guide to the Constitution for Future Presidents at your favorite bookstore. You probably already read him in Politico and the New York Times and Time Magazine. And check out his new Penguin Liberty series books on free speech, impeachment, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg's notable cases. Corey, happy first ever third indictment of a president. It's great to have you with us. <laughs> happy third indictment day. And by the way, thank you so much for uh, in these segments not using that terrible name for them that, that we agreed we wouldn't use. I, I'm so grateful. Yeah, of course. No, I promise. I told you as a, as a friend, I'll only do that behind your back, and I meant it. Um, <laughs> Corey, this this battle over whether Trump should be convicted or, or go to jail, this is going to be playing out for probably years ahead. We know they're going to delay the trial. We have some idea of the kind of flimsy defenses they're going to go for. But l- let me start with a question one of our listeners just had that um, I think is going to be on the minds of a lot of folks, which is why why isn't there a charge of sedition? Why, why not a charge of insurrection? I, I kept looking for stochastic yeah. terrorism. Anywhere in the in the in the indictment, it's not there. I'm of the opinion that yeah. the the actual charges he has are easier to get convictions on and, and very broad in scope. But were you surprised that we didn't see those words? Uh, yes, uh, I thought you know that insurrection, uh, sedition, uh, sedition was used, for instance, in um, some of the lower level cases uh, was appropriate here. One one thing I'll note is you know this isn't the final word on the matter. There could be a superseding. Indictment. So it could be that, as you say, these are the easiest charges uh, to show and that they have enough now. But as the witnesses get developed and the evidence gets even stronger, uh, they could well uh, add those two charges. I mean, I'll just say why I think insurrection in particular is such an important charge to bring here and not just because it's met. But the penalty for insurrection uh, in the 14th Amendment uh, is, and my understanding is in the statute too, is that you're barred from uh, holding future office. And that's what this is really about, is protecting our democracy. This yeah. uh, criminal case against, an, an, let's call him what he is, an insurrectionist, uh, should involve that. Now, there's some speculation that he didn't bring the insurrection charge and might not because he's worried that it will inflame um, Smith. I mean, that it will inflame the MAGA base. 
But yes. the idea that they're going to be any more inflamed because of a specific charge or think it's any more political, I, I just don't buy it. And I think, too, you have to think about the risks on the other side. Uh, the risk of not bringing it is that he wins. And we can talk, we should talk Correct. more about what happens if he does win. But the bottom line is that if he does win, if he gets into that office, he could well torpedo not just all of these charges against him and uh, be free from criminal uh, conviction, but he could destroy democracy. And that is yeah. a risk that is so intolerable. So, yes, I, I really think that insurrection charge should be I mean, you know, it's always possible. I, I, I kept wondering, well, obstruction of and attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, I guess that covers insurrection. But it, <laughs> it is possible, Corey, that there's going to be more charges rolled out in the right. days and weeks to come, just as there will be more right. defendants and there will be people who will begin to flip on Donald Trump. I can think of uh, six bachelors right now who might be in the running. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, that's my hope. The other thing is, these are questions in progress. If, if Smith is weighing the risk in the way that he is, you know, the more we could uh, in the media talk about the risk of not bringing the insurrection charge, of allowing him possibly to take this office and how damning that is. And also to, you know, it's a, it's a, as political scientists, the phrase they used to, they love to use is, you know, there's no empirical proof and imp- proof in the world that, that there's, uh, more more insurrection, more violence is possible if he brings these charges. Uh, so he's sort of just conjecturing there, and I, I think it's too high a risk on the other side to, to think about it that way. I think you're right, um, although I will say there were not a lot of protesters on the route today, not a lot of protesters yeah. outside the courthouse. I mean, we're starting to yeah. get indictment fatigue, I think. And again, this he's got five trials starting between now and the RNC. That's not including this and that's not including uh, what might happen in Georgia later this month. So right. it's right. just going to keep on building and building. But l- let me ask you about uh, Mike Pence, who is a key witness for this indictment, who might potentially testify at trial. He testified that Donald Trump actually said to him, you're too honest when he wouldn't cooperate and steal this. And and in case anyone thinks that this makes Mike Pence uh, the ethical one, he's now selling campaign merch with the phrase too honest on it, (laughs) which let's be honest, before he showed up and just did the base fucking job, no one ever called Mike Pence too honest in his life. But, um, (laughs) you know, we we should expect this, that that, uh, Mike Pence will be emerging as a major voice and possibly a voice testifying against his former boss. Yeah, he's a, a sort of weird hero for the left, and so, of course, don't agree with him on, on basically any policy issue. But the reality is that he faced an enormous amount of pressure by Trump uh, and Trump's um, cronies on January 6th. Uh, he faced a risk to his life, and he didn't cave. He did n- not the, not, not the um, I, I wouldn't call it uh, some wonderful ethical act. It's what was <laughs> required of him by the Constitution was to not, you know, choose the future president by himself. Uh, but, you know, he did the right thing. And the other right thing that it looks like he's doing is giving the evidence about how much, not just pressure Trump put on him, but also, uh, and this is potentially relevant to undermining a defense of Trump, 
that that he knew what he was doing. He didn't believe that there was fraud. I don't know that's that right. that's required that we show that 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 he didn't believe that there was fraud in order to get the conviction. There's some back and forth about the meaning of the statutes, but it certainly helps Smith's case to show that this really was a craven attempt to stay in power. That he knew that there was no fraud, and the things that he said to Pence over and over. You know, you're a Boy Scout. You keep following the rules. Show that he, he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, Pence came out, and and there was one of Trump's lawyers saying that they were only asking Pence to pause the voting on January. So just a pause on January sixth. <laughs> and Mike Pence, profile in Courage, a man who has to ask Dan Quayle if this is okay, <laughs> said, "Let me be clear on this point. It wasn't just that they asked for a pause. The president specifically asked me, and his gaggle of crackpot lawyers asked me to literally reject votes, which would have resulted in the issue being turned over to the House of Representatives, and literally chaos would have ensued." Pence could have said this a year ago, but this is not going away. But this combined with the fake electors fraud, I think, is probably going to push away these very flimsy arguments about this being a free speech issue. Yeah, the, I mean, I just don't get it. I, I teach free speech in law schools and at Brown and, and free speech law. And the idea that free speech covers conspiracy or covers uh, you know, organizing a group to commit a crime is absurd. That's not the meaning of free speech. So they either are just grasping at straws at this yeah. point. There are other arguments, I think, that we could talk about, about immunity, for instance, presidential immunity that, that are stronger. But the free speech argument is going nowhere. It, is, it amounts to them making the absurd claim that you have a free speech right to engage in a conspiracy. Correct. And we have criminal conspiracy statutes and no court has ever said that. So I, I really don't know where they're yeah. getting this from. I, they're I mean, getting the, it, I you know what? You know exactly where they're getting it from, Corey. You know yeah. where they're pulling it out from <laughs> as well. And you know they don't actually right. believe it. This is just their vamping. That's they're right. saying this for the base, right. for the cameras, for the uncritical thinking viewers at, at Newsmax and Fox who will hear this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Right. I, I was going to say that, no, they don't believe it. But the other, there are a number of crackpot theories that they might bring up. But one is to double down on the argument behind this whole conspiracy, which is that somehow the 12th Amendment read pop properly, gives the vice president the sole power to uh, decide the election by by rejecting um, legitimate votes at his sole mm-hmm. discretion. And, and that was the basis that they used for trying to lie to Pence and tell them that he had the ability to do what he did. And that was where Dan Quayle stepped in and said, no, your role is just ceremonial. You might see them double down on that, that says this is a plausible theory, uh, Eastman was a law professor, was dean of Chapman Law School, and he plays a, a large role in this. But you know what? I think that when you start looking at Eastman, he is just such a fraud, too. The idea that he really sincerely believed this, I, I find very far-fetched. And oh, so ridiculous. this obscure law professor is going to play a large role in all of this as well. So the ultimate goal of this of this whole scam was to make the fraudulent scheme look legit enough for Pence to overturn the results on January. All part to of a, their attempt to uh, defraud the United States. Yeah. That's the charges he faces. But we really have to talk about how this is a conspiracy. I mean, the federal indictment doesn't charge the illegitimate electors themselves, but Michigan has charged more than a dozen Republicans now for falsely presenting themselves. As the state's electors. So, I mean, they're starting that on a grassroots level as well. What do you make of the six unindicted co-conspirators 
Media's been having fun for two days trying to guess who they all are. Everyone knows number one is Giuliani, number two is Eastman. We're excited, Corey, because we think uh, we might know who number six is. He's a friend of Chris and mine. But um, what do you make of this and why these co-conspirators were not indicted? Is this just to put the fear of God in them and try and see if somebody can flip over the next month? Yeah, I think that's exactly what's going on, that, um, you know, the the idea that they're going to uh, go to prison for Trump, uh, I think, is 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 fantasy. I think you'll start to see them flip and then they'll be able to really testify about what was going on. We, we know there's this superficial theory about the meaning of the 12th Amendment, the role of the vice president. But what was really going on was uh, a knowing attempt to stay in power at all costs. We have look at how powerful a witness. Pence is already. Giuliani had many, many conversations with Trump. Eastman was at the core of this whole conspiracy. The more we get them to admit what they were doing, uh, the more the case against them looks strong. And and making it clear that they might be indicted by naming them co-conspirators sends the message that you better cooperate or you might wind up in prison. I'll say, too, you and I have had many conversations about the injustice of watching all these lower-level insurrectionists who ran into the Capitol prosecuted mm-hmm. while the head conspirator went on, uh, uh, you know, unindicted. And now that's over. I mean, we really are seeing uh, indictments at all levels from the, from the very beginning. The, the uh, people who ran into the building and, and you know, really did harm in the building uh, to the, the main conspirator here, and that's Trump. And one thing I'll say that I think is brilliant about this indictment is there's we I think have focused and I have focused a lot on the speech at the ellipse, the incitement to violence, the attack on the Capitol itself, and the way this indictment is written. That's just one part of the story. The wider attempt to subvert the election and and putting it in that kind of context I think is so important here. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fugelspang speaking with Professor Corey Brechneider. Can can I ask you a bit about John Eastman who? It yeah. has not been disbarred yet. Um, he's he's probably going to retire from the profession to avoid that. But this zany theory that the vice president can decide the election regardless of how the voters chose under the 12th Amendment. I, yeah. I haven't heard any of Trump's lawyers advance this yet. But is this really going to be the get out of jail free card? They think it is. Uh, I think Eastman, from what I've seen, keeps doubling down on it and constitutional law is vague enough and you know this is coming from a person that has taught this subject for uh, a lot of time now basically my whole professional life and uh, you know you can do funny things with the words and what they're doing is beyond the pale but there is a section of it that talks about the role of the vice president in certifying votes and he reads that Eastman to say that it's the sole discretion of the vice president if the vice president believes there's fraud to um, decertify the votes. Now, that that was a novel theory, but there is a role of the vice president discussed there. I should say, too, how the theory conveniently would result in uh, Trump's election. The idea was that if if vice president went along with this scheme, they wouldn't get to the number of electoral votes needed. And then the rules require uh, kind of weird rules of the Electoral College that the House of Representatives would vote in delegations by states. And they had done the math to see that actually the way that the House was constituted at that point, that would give Trump victory. So this was a pretty well thought out idea of how he could could win. Uh, but the bottom line is what, what Pence shows us is that Trump had this lawyer talking in his 
year that's, you know, kind of, you know, to Trump, I'm sure, would call him an egghead or, or names way worse than that. But he was providing the fiction that Trump needed to stay in power. And how do we know that? Because he told his vice president, hey, this is BS, but go along with it. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think, Professor? You know, other people have deliberately mishandled or stolen classified information. Um, there's there's former government officials spending years in jail for it. And, and other people have... Uh, falsify their business records and other people have cheated on their taxes and hey we we've all paid porn stars to claim we never had sex with them after our third wives just had a baby i mean any among you who hasn't done that cast the first stone but this is the big one Corey. don't you think i mean there's this this has the potential to i don't think people have really realized it yet but this could be the most important trial in american history if not certainly for the last hundred years I absolutely think that. And, uh, you know, we'll be talking about it in depth. I'll certainly be writing about it. Uh, I feel like I've been writing about it already with, without it happening, writing about the need for it to happen. And now that it's here, um, you know, we have to see it for what it is. It, it is not just a trial. It is a trial of the American people, a trial of American democracy, because if he's exonerated or found not guilty or wins the election and is able to fire the special prosecutor bringing this trial or get to the Supreme Court and have it declared unconstitutional, the indictment, because you can't indict presidents for official actions when they were presidents. And this is the official action. These are all the roots. If any of that happens, American democracy itself is threatened. This is an attempt to save it. And if Trump wins this battle, uh, that that to me is, you know, I, I have real fears about the continuation of the American Republic. You and me both. You've read the indictment, right? I read it on the plane out to L.A. yesterday, Corey. What's your take? Does it seem pretty airtight to you? I actually felt that because Jack Smith made the very simple charges he made and really seems to back it up in an elegantly packaged 45 pages that uh, (laughs) the DOJ would not have brought this case if they thought they were going to look like historic failures. No, I think it's airtight when you have the vice president appearing as a witness. Uh, and he will appear at, at the trial, I take it, and just testify against Trump. Um, and, and politically, that's, of course, an interesting dynamic because he's a opponent in the primary and Trump is already trying to go after him. Uh, but not just Pence, all of these former allies turning on him, Mark Meadows, uh, Giuliani, I expect to see, um, John Eastman, who we've been talking about, as they start to flip and to testify and to, well, tell the truth about what happened, uh, mm-hmm. the evidence just gets more damning. I mean, I will say I was not only convinced by it, but my main reaction has been what took so long. Because the fact that yeah. we're so close to the election is r- really a problem. That does feed into Trump's hands. And, and Merrick Garland uh, and, uh, was doing something by delaying the appointment of this special prosecutor. We should have had Smith in office and this these charges uh, well over a year ago. So so that was my other reaction. That yeah. Really, really. Lawrence Tribe, Lawrence Tribe feels the same way. And, 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 and again, mm-hmm. I know these things take a lot of time. We're only witnessing convictions right now still for some January 6th offenders. But yeah, they, they could have gotten this thing going longer, but they got it going eventually. And I, I think even yeah. if it was, Corey, the January 6th hearings from a year ago that finally pushed Merrick Garland into taking action, better late than never. That's true. Uh, you know, you shouldn't have to have the House of Representatives <laughs> making the case for uh, this prosecution in order to embarrass the Justice Department to do 
what's right. But yeah, yeah, that's where we are, and it did work eventually. There is one benefit that you know strategically might have led Garland to wait, which is now that we have so many convictions for essentially the same charges. Uh, the actions are different because this is the head of the conspiracy, but we have those lower level convictions. Uh, it's it's much harder to argue that this is a p- political prosecution because exactly. you haven't heard a lot of defense of uh, the shaman, all these people who broke into the Capitol, and yet they were engaged in the same you know overall process that, that Trump himself was, and only fair that the head of the conspiracy uh, be convicted and go to jail. We got ahead of break, Corey, but I, I completely agree. Thank you so much, Professor Brett Schneider, for joining us. We'll see what happens. And hey, I heard from Ron DeSantis, Trump can learn lots of skills in prison he can use for later jobs. We'll be right back with your calls. This is Progress. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John Fugel saying happy birthday to our friends. Lisa Ann Walters got a birthday today. Um, uh, um, and uh, who else? Evangeline Lilly has a birthday today. And John McGinley as well. Right now, I'm so pleased to welcome three of our friends who are back to the show. Some of them we haven't seen in a while. Some of them we haven't seen in a long while. Uh, this is the ADD Hour. We're at 866-997-4748. And we'll be taking your calls all throughout. You guys know Dr. Tracy Pearson if you listen to this broadcast. He's a legal analyst and consultant you've seen on TV and radio and on the podcast and in Forbes and the New York Post and Cheddar News and I met her on News Nation. Uh, welcome, Dr. Tracy, twice in one week, but th- shit's gone down since you were last year. Yeah, it has. And and you're in Los Angeles and that's so fabulous and I'm so happy to be here. So, yay. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm not as good looking in person as on Zoom, but it's nice to have you in the <laughs> studio with us. Uh, Liam McEnany is back on the show. Oh, I'm so excited. They said it couldn't happen. Jimmy <laughs> Carter wrote a letter. Bono wrote a letter, but we didn't care. You're back and we're thrilled to have you. <laughs> that, that- the, the restraint, restraining order said I couldn't happen, and yet here I am. <laughs> Liam is a terrific and critically acclaimed comic and a writer and a producer. He's toured Europe. You've seen him on Showtime, Comedy Central, IFC. Heard him on NPR, the Howard Stern wrap-up show. He's done Marin's show, and he's played all over the place with everyone from Triumph to John Oliver to Janine to, to Hannibal to, to Jim Gaffigan. And a couple years ago, he moved to L.A., and it has been our great diminishment culturally in New York. It's great to actually see you on your new home turf. Yeah, it's it's I was... I was I was very happy to find out you were in L.A. because I think the last time I was on the show, I was calling in uh, during the pandemic. Yes, you were. I think your yeah. your your parent uh, was was your your mom had, had just heard the show or something. Um, I don't. I honestly don't remember. Okay. I just remember like your mom's very cool. My mom loves this show, yeah. and in fact, she just retired. Oh, so now she wants to come on all the shows and talk about so mom's, politics. Mom's a, <laughs> mom's a judge. Oh yeah, she yeah. she literally just retired on Friday. So oh yeah. wow, congratulations! Yeah, so she's uh, she's she's uh, very excited to start the new chapter, running my career. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I've just been thinking about Clarence Thomas, so judges retiring is very close to my heart. Um, and now let me welcome uh, Bachelor Number Two. Uh, I, I love Ron Placone. He's done the show, but it, has, it hasn't been a while. It's, it's been a while. Been a while I've, I've, we, there was like a plague in the middle of this, and there I didn't get was. to see you. Ron is uh, a, a, he's a political comic who is as hilarious a craftsman of jokes as he is a passionate uh, activist. 
You've seen him on Discovery Channel, Crosstalk, Free Speech TV, uh, over there with uh, with Lee on Redacted Tonight, yeah. uh, Jimmy Dore Show, who uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy's done the show many times. His uh, debut album, Agnostic Holiday, is in rotation on Sirius XM. Uh, he writes the comic Lucy and Ron. He hosts the podcast, Get Your News On with Ron. His short film pilot, Loner, was released this year, and he's currently in production for his first feature, Left at Wall, and he's about to go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Have I left anything out of your life in the past couple of weeks? Uh... Pretty well, actually, I should say, Liam. Yes. I think we're around the same age, and my mom just retired as well. No way. So, yeah, my mom just retired to, to to be a full-time grandma. I don't have any kids, but uh, but I recently became an uncle, and uh, so Congrats. yeah, Yay. so happy for kid. her, happy for the family, and I hope she gets on that Italian lesson that I bought her. <laughs> <laughs> I bought her an Italian class. Nice, <laughs> like you do. Yeah, no, like it's you do. Very classy, very classy. Well, I'm I'm glad you guys are here. It's been a slow news week. Listen, I'm really sorry that everything is Trump, Trump, Trump. I, I feel like fucking MSNBC and CNN. <laughs> but I mean, there's no way to overstate how historic this is. I do have, I have come to believe, Dr. Tracy, that this will be the, this is the biggest trial of our lifetimes, or at least the past hundred years in America. I, I know it's hard to believe with OJ that something could be bigger, but I think actually this affects us all quite a bit. Um, and today was the day. The former host of Celebrity Apprentice, Pled not guilty, because I don't like saying pleaded. I think pled is fine. I don't know why I've got to say it's pleaded. Uh, but why can't I say pled? Well, you can say whatever you want. But no, but it's pled pleaded. is pled is an acceptable alternative. It is I looked an it up. You're allowed to say pled. But it's you know. He pled guilty and pleaded it to federal charges, accusing okay. him of orchestrating a criminal conspiracy to try to derail the transfer of power in 2020. This marks the first time Donald Trump has been indicted since the last time, uh, which was three more counts last week. Dr. Tracy, yes, let sir. me start with you as our official legal guru. Any <laughs> surprises for you at all from this? No. In fact, I was more surprised by the, the mainstream coverage of it and the circus atmosphere around it. Um, th that arraignment went off just like an arraignment goes. And the warning that was given to Trump about uh, not committing any other crimes. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and stuff like that. And that don't is, discuss this crime with anyone else who's a defendant. Don't, yeah. yeah don't 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 try to you know get your stories to Rudy. line up. Oh, he's got like two days to talk to Rudy before yeah. Rudy becomes a defendant. Yeah, don't exactly. try to manipulate the jury pool. Stuff like that. All completely freaking normal. Oh my god! But Everything is normal. The way this judge handled it is normal, and it's going to act as a really great balancing act in comparison to whatever Eileen Cannon does. You, you know what else is normal? Uh, a new normal. No protests on behalf of Donald Trump. No throngs of people showed up, just like no one showed up in Florida for that arraignment. Not even his kids or his wife. He had a few people show up after Alvin Bragg in New York the first time. And more and more, I'm thinking it was really smart with the legal gods to indict him for the Stormy Daniels thing first. The littlest charge, get that out of the way, get the protesters out there. And now they've, they've moved on. So you're saying Truth Social doesn't have the reach it used to. You know, I hate to say it because I've invested so much of my personal money <laughs> in Truth Social. <laughs> And my kid's never going to college now, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sad to say, uh, Truth Social, it's almost like it's only reaching people who are already voting for him, Ron. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, well, the whole thing couldn't happen to a nicer guy, but, you know. <laughs> to me, it's interesting that, that really there is no, like, boots on the ground about this. It's like also the revelation that aliens are real. Like, you would think there would have been more reaction to it, but nobody cares. You do. Do you want to talk about things that freak me out? Last week, we find out that they defrosted a 46,000-year-old round 
worm yeah. from Siberian permafrost, and it came back to life and then gave birth to babies, mm-hmm. and it died, but there's a hundred babies that were in gestation for 46,000 years. This comes out the same week the government says, oh yeah, there's aliens, and we have their dead bodies. Yeah. And no one cared. Dude, I've seen John Carpenter's The Thing. I know nothing good's going to come of that. These two stories at the same time. It's like the setup to six different horror films. Yeah. Well, I think the alien thing could, in fact, be related to Trump, and maybe they could take him back to their planet. <laughs> but, but the worm thing that I yet no, not nobody needed to do that. My wife had the theory. She had the theory on the aliens thing, and she said to me, she said, "Wait a second, because my whole thing is like, why, why is the government saying this now? Why are they releasing this now? If if the White House had some scandal, they really wanted to distract from. I, I could see that, but like, why now? And Charmian turns to me the other night and she goes, "Oh, I know why." She goes. Well, what if, what if uh, among the documents Donald Trump stole were documents about extraterrestrial life, and he's been trying to sell them to the highest bidder, and so this is our government <laughs> trying to get ahead of the story and come out and soft announce it? And I told my wife that is the most ridiculous thing I ever heard, and then I stayed awake, terrified, thinking about it all night long. Well, his administration, they they declassified a lot of alien stuff, and that was it was under his administration that the Air Force first said, oh yeah, UFOs are real, yeah. and uh, all those pilots we said were crazy. Turns out they're not crazy. Sorry. I think that's one of the most hilarious conspiracy theories tell I've me, ever heard. Tell me, please. Actually, that, that's fantastic. Which one? J- the, the one from your. your oh, my like, wife. J- oh, just, yeah, it's j- a great just one. Donald Trump texting a bunch of people who make <laughs> UFO documentaries. You're not going to believe it's this. Donald Trump. Yeah. I have some papers. No, but I mean, you don't. You don't think? Listen, I mean, it's it's remotely conceivable uh, that he might have taken some of these boxes to sell shit. I mean, he does. He does everything he does is for one of three reasons, right? Money. Sex or compliments, praise, <laughs> yeah. adoration for yeah. people he doesn't respect. E- everything he's done in the last 50 years is motivated by one of those three things. So, I mean, to me, he's not going to take the documents because he's sentimental, right? Totally. You yeah. think? No, I don't yeah, think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, you sell He has, yeah, there's something that inflates his ego in some way. Because out of the three things you mentioned, I think number three is the biggest one. Me too. Compliments, Me, yep. fame. I mean, he has plenty of money. He's not good with it. I think but he's he a hoarder. Oh, that's true too. He might I think be. He's just a hoarder. I mean, you saw the boxes and they were his boxes. And and every time a box got filled, somebody would have to spirit it away and put a new box <laughs> in its place so that, that he could collect his crap. <laughs> and, and that was our crap that he was collecting. And they need, he needed to give that back. I, and and these these interns and young staffers are all doing this. They're like, okay, we'll move the box now. We'll go put it over here. But there's stuff in it that belongs to the government. Just does this indictment help Democrats at all, or do Democrats not even need this? Like, I, I think we're trying to figure out where does this fit into the 2024 campaign. Democrats are looking to run with a, a an incumbent president who has, um, you could say, a significant record of legislative achievement for his first two years, but is mired in very low poll numbers. And so I don't know if this is the sort of thing that actually helps Democrats. I think in a bigger picture, Donald Trump setting himself on fire helps democracy. Um, I mean, I think uh, Donald Trump is who most Democrats want to see 
400-year-old Joe Biden face in two years. He's 80 now. In two years, he'll be 400. And I think Trump <laughs> is the one we want to see him go up against. You know, I remember four years ago, people were saying that about, uh, I mean, eight years ago, people were saying that about Hillary versus Trump. Like, were. Trump's the guy we want because he's such a clown, nobody would vote for him. Yeah, I know. And now we know 50% of the country wants to vote for him no matter what. Like, if he's 50% in prison, of Republicans. What about, let's, not, let's not rule out our apathetic friends. They're, they're all out there, too. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like, there's a good chance he'll go to prison and then get elected president, and then what do yeah. we do? Like, yeah. that's not in the Constitution, because no, the framers never envisioned this. Great for comedy. Then he can really live out his mafia fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> like, then he'll be impeached and removed. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, it is very conceivable that when the Republican convention begins on July 15th of next summer, that they will nominate a convicted felon. He's got five trials between now and then. Um, not counting the new ones. Five trials are set. The E. Jean Carroll trial, the, the, uh, the Alan Bragg trial, there's the Trump Organization trial and there's the uh the pyramid scheme trial from with him and his kids from, collect uh, the set yeah they're all there <laughs> two more coming Fonnie willis is adding another player do you see a contested convention because even if the the faithful are excited to make a convicted felon their nominee i think the mitt romney wing of the party is going to try to do something about that well you know what i found interesting was pence you no know, one has ever said those words I know, before. I know, I know, and I'm not trying to help the guy, but I have to say that this week I was like, "Who is this person that came out?" Because he 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 was he was licking Trump's boots, and then this happened, and all of a sudden he became somebody who wanted to to speak the truth. All of a sudden. All of, yeah, a, all sudden. of a sudden. Yeah. And, wow. And and I thought, wow, <laughs> that would have been great like a long time ago. But but I found that fascinating. Well, you know, you know, you want to know the why it's happening now? We found out um, he's selling campaign merch mm-hmm. with the phrase "too honest" printed on it. <laughs> Like, he also I, doesn't have a job to lose. Now. That's true, and he's about to get his ass kicked by margin of error in every Republican presidential poll. So, I mean, Pence is going to go on Dancing with the Stars to get some heat. At this but point. but what I, the, the piece that I found the most interesting was that what we found out was that basically he he fought and fought and fought to not go in and not give stuff over. Meanwhile, he's sitting in the grand jury going, and he's going, wait a second, hold on, I got six hundred pages of, of contemporaneous notes here. Hold on, what page were we on? And he's like reading this stuff to them and so I I just simply was like whoa wait a minute you were singing you were really singing in the yeah. grand jury I mean but that's completely consistent they're all out just for themselves none of them are public servants none of them care about working people none of them give a fuck about your health care or your student loan debt none of them care about clean air clean water nope. clean soil they're all a cult of selfishness working for me 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 selling a, a platform of me 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 which is very very attractive to some white Americans Americans. And so I'm not surprised at all that they turn on each other in the end. I'm just waiting for the day that Rudy does it. And that could be soon. I mean, you Rudy think? Rudy yeah. has been oh. trying very hard to make a deal with, with people. If you've, if you've watched him the last couple of weeks, he's got like nothing that. anymore. Like, this is something he could have done a year ago. But Mike Pence, basically, he's like the political equivalent of a middle school assistant principal, right? <laughs> he's got no personality, uh, yeah. but he's got a civil service kind of mentality where it's like, I just want the job. I just want to keep working, yeah. collect my pension. And and, and we've know. forgotten, like, like Donald Trump's greatest talent, I think, is making horrible people appear less horrible by comparison, because no one's mad at Bush and Cheney anymore. Mike Pence <laughs> looks like a public servant. I still am. I'm but... still, I'm still mad <laughs> I'm about Iran-Contra. 
Hunter, Ron. Yeah. Hanging chads. Right. What do you think, though, Ron, about the, the, the 2024 election? I, I, I kind of feel like, Oof. you know, old man Biden, he, he's got his pluses, Oof. he's got his negatives, but the Republicans nominating this guy could be the only hope women's reproductive rights still has. Uh, I oh, 2024 is tough to wrap my head around. Are you looking for the comedy already? Because I'm trying to find it. Of where course, I can. but it's like we live in a state of like 48 hours at a time, so it's like we're still <laughs> so far away from even the main primary season. And I gotta be honest, I might be jumping ahead because I know we're gonna talk about it later. But as much as I despise Trump. I consider Ron DeSantis the most dangerous person in American politics right now, like like, like bar none. I, I used think, to. I think what that guy is doing in Florida, him doing it on a national scale. You sound scale, like me all last year. I was terrified. What of changed your mind? DeSantis' campaign changed my well, mind. Well, I know he's not. <laughs> he doesn't have, got he no, has the personality of like a wet I call him bench. NBA strike because no game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, no, his lack of charisma is stunning to me. And I never, I was terrified of him a year ago. I never would have predicted that he would implode. He laid off one third of his staff last week. It's still early. I, I know, I, it's this I early. I hope you're right. I, I just, I, I wouldn't underestimate hey, the guy. Hey, he's not going to bounce. He's not. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. I want to be wrong. Within, within three months, You'll hear his campaign saying, we've decided to let Ron be Ron. That's when you know it's over. <laughs> That's when you know it's done. <laughs> He's just on a Twitter space. Let me go. Uh, here's a quick clip. CNN asked Bill Barr, oh, who's covered up more shit than cat litter, to join Caitlin <laughs> Collins in studio to share his many worries and concerns regarding this indictment as if his credibility wasn't a desiccated, shredded mess I don't know if I would have approved the indictment, but in the sense I may have exercised discretion and not gone forward with the case. Uh, I'm also concerned about having this case going on during the election and diverting people's attention from the issues in the election. I'm also worried about you know what the impact is if there are acquittals uh, during during the uh, uh, campaign. But as a legal matter, I don't see a problem with with the indictment. I think uh, that uh, it's not an abuse. The, the uh, Department of Justice is not acting uh, to weaponize the department by proceeding against the president for a conspiracy uh, to subvert the electoral the electoral process. Speaking of charisma, and and then he fucking said he'd vote for Trump again anyway. So the question is, should CNN stop booking these people? I mean, you want to have Republicans on the air. You want to show that you're not just booking Democrats. But does William Barr still need to be heard from anymore? The amount the guy moved the goalposts for Trump and now he reads the tea leaves and decides he's going to try to rehabilitate himself? I mean, first of all, all due respect to Bill Barr, but the president <laughs> stealing federal documents and trying to sell them is an issue. Yeah. I mean, that's like the, everything that this this trial is about. Well, all four trials or eight trials or how many trials we're up to. These are issues. These are national security issues. They're important for us to talk about in the upcoming election. They're the most important things to talk about. But I mean, Ron, no one's talking about any issues. It's all just Donald yeah. Trump's crimes and Joe Biden's age. And no one's actually talking about infrastructure or climate or women's rights. I mean, I still think, you know, Roe v. Wade is going to be the big thing driving turnout, I still believe people are going to care, but no one's talking policy at all. Yeah, and, and that's honestly, like, like, that was my problem 
throughout all of Trump's presidency, too. Like, I'm like, you know, we, we got to focus on policy here and, and, and really figure out how do you actually beat this guy and, and stuff like that. And uh, I would like to see more of that because, yeah, the climate is collapsing. Yeah. And, you know, you have all these. We have so many issues still domestically. I mean, I know they're trying to make it out like, oh, well, jobs are up. Like, no, nah, people are underemployed. And about 60 percent of Americans are like a thousand dollars away from bankruptcy. Exactly. If an emergency happens. No, no. I'll, I'll go with you on this all day. The the yeah, the numbers are bogus and bullshit and designed to make us feel good, but mm-hmm. they are demonstrably better now than they were three years ago. I mean, I'm not a Democrat. Uh, you know, Joe Biden's earned my respect in many ways. He's disappointed me in other ways, but it it shouldn't be hard to say, hey, look at the last three Republicans in the White House who left the economy worse than they found it. Look at the last three Democrats, for all their flaws, left the economy better than they found it. I don't understand how it can still be 43 percent. Trump, 43% Biden, unless the media is just so desperate for this horse race, they will fuck with us to keep us well, scared. Of course, I don't they, believe they need polls. the horse race every four years. I yeah. don't. They need it. I'm not even going to pay attention to polls. Polls are useless. Polls are useless. Well, this early, too. Yes. They're garbage. So they really mean nothing. They're just something to talk about. Yeah. And people don't rely on them whatsoever. I mean, this what was it this week? Uh, the website opened for loan cancellation, student loan cancellation. Right, yeah. People need to go online and go to the Department of Education and, and submit an application to have their loans canceled, um, especially if they were through Navient. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Joe Biden's done a lot and and a considerable amount, and it gets it gets lost in all of this circus mentality. I mean, the, you're asking about Bill Barr. He can go sit somewhere. But Tim Parlatori, I sat this morning watching MSNBC, listening to, to Trump's former lawyer, and I just wanted to smack him. I was just like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, you're a lawyer. They gave you a license? Because he didn't know what he was talking about, and he was just talking blah, 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 but blah, But did blah. he not know what he was talking I have this theory that Donald Trump's lawyers have the best gig of all time. It's like your show just got picked up for seven seasons after one season. Like, you, all you have to do... They submit billable hours. That's it. He's so it's not like, even employed by him anymore. Go ahead and lie all you want. Could just get Trump to keep on paying you. We found out this week that the the campaign has taken in uh, fifty three million the first six months of this year, and they've spent fifty seven million. And it's all on legal fees. There's no Trump posters or billboards. It, they're, they're literally a hundred eight thousand for Melania's stylist. I mean these. These people who donate to Trump's PAC are just paying the lawyers and getting ripped off, and no one on the Democratic Party is making any noise about this. Well, you know things are bad for Trump when he's actually paying his bills. I mean, Ooh, like... good point. Well, you know, like the fact he's paying well, he's his not lawyers. Paying him. He's not paying He's getting MAGA schmucks to pay him. Exactly. That's the point. Right. It, yeah. it, it's not really him paying it. It's, the, it's almost like he's got a power of attorney that's paying it for him because they know he won't pay it. But he, he used to have this almost fetish uh, on stiffing people. Like, yes. it almost like, was how he got off. That's so, why he had to buy... That's why he had to bar from Deutsche Bank because no American bank would loan him money anymore. But I mean, that's hilarious too, Ron, because this is the whole campaign. He's literally fleecing the flock to keep out of jail. I began the show by saying he's the the front runner. The election's not going to be between this old white guy or that white guy. The election's going to be voters deciding, do I want Trump to be in the White House or in jail? That's what people are going to have as a choice. I would say don't underestimate how how many people in this country still support Trump. I mean, I don't. That forty three percent that sounds insane, but once you get out of like New York City, out of no, Los I Angeles, know. like you get to the 
the hellish parts. Of, I mean, uh, we're this is a national. I will say Go some of the, some of the some of the less expensive parts of the United States, where like real estate's a little cheaper. You elitist, I, you vile elitist. <laughs> it's true though. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, someone said to me after Trump won, all the road comics knew that he was going to win. All the road comics were coming on my show for a year saying he was going to win. Yeah, and and it's because they once, see the signs. Once you get out of this this sector of the country, people love that guy. Do you think he can win? After January 6th. I mean, I think people, a lot of people think January 6th was a patriotic move. Do you think to, he can win if he's a convicted felon by then? I mean, the man was the first divorced man to enter the White House. No, Ronald Reagan was. Oh, all right, never yeah. mind. Then. <laughs> then no, no, then there's no chance. Oh, my God. I <laughs> mean, I, I guess you're right. I mean, Ron, he's right. I mean, uh, I wouldn't put anything past Americans. I think the only thing that would destroy Donald Trump's popularity with his base, and I've said this for a while, if he was photographed wearing a Black Lives Matter T-shirt. That's it. <laughs> I can't think of anything he could do. He could eat a baby, and it wouldn't affect him with the base. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and yeah, I, I think he could certainly still win as well. I mean, I, I'm not a big Biden fan by any means. And, I know. And I, think, you know I, 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 I never was my whole life either. Yeah. And, and I think in many ways, you know, in the 2020 election, it wasn't so much. I mean, Trump just mishandled everything so much mm-hmm. within that last year and a half. Yes. That it was just, <laughs> I mean, a stale ham sandwich would have beat him. Probably. Like yes. It was just inevitable that, that, that you know, Biden. But that's what always I, I listen. I wasn't excited to vote for Bill Clinton, but I was like, fuck Bob Dole. OK. You know, that's just, <laughs> GOP has a Way of making me support these Democrats. Look, well, I, I was glad to see Trump go away, but 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 it's um. We all wanted to leave our house, huh? We all wanted to leave our house because <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and there was only one guy who was going to make that happen in theory. And let me ask you a question before the break, though, because uh, uh, you know we we do our time with our Young Turks friends, and 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 you know I like to consider myself a good lefty. I've never been a Democrat. I will say Biden wasn't my first choice, second choice, third choice, yada yada. Um, I've been terribly impressed with how much he's tried to do. I've been terribly impressed with how much he's tried to help people. I've been terribly impressed seeing how much he's gone against his old hangups as an old white man on abortion, on cannabis. I mean, if you had told me 80-year-old Joe Biden would decriminalize weed on the federal level, I wouldn't have believed it. So he, to me, is a symbol of a Democrat who will listen and who will get with the program. And I think on climate change, he's maybe the best Democrat we've got on climate Overall, or just who happens to be in the White House right famous, now? Famous Democrats, not you know, senator, national level Democrats on climate change. I think, I, I, I really think that if it. Bernie Sanders was president right now, he would have declared a climate emergency. I agree I, with you. I, I think he would have pushed more strongly for a Green New Deal. I agree I with think you. He would have done a ton of executive orders that Biden just wouldn't Completely touch. Completely agree with everything so, you're saying. So yeah, I mean, I can't. I don't. I don't know yeah. if Bernie would have been able to get anything passed. As Biden has, I don't know how he's done. Well, executive orders, he would have been executive I mean, orders. That, yeah, that's but, like the one big but infrastructure. Thing. I mean, oh no, Chips he, would Act. Been, he would have been fighting his. He would have been fighting against everyone the whole time. Yeah. I mean, and, he would have been fighting against the House, the Senate. Yeah, I think There's Bernie no Sanders. I think Bernie Sanders has got to be deployed very soon to start helping this president and helping all of us against Trump. Because I think, I don't think it's going to be a vote for Biden. I think this time it's going to be a vote for democracy. You you can vote for democracy or Trump. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm what making... if? I mean, then the, the, I keep coming back to this whole thing. Like, like if it's not Trump, it's. I, I still. I hope you're right about DeSantis, but I. I'm not. Guy. I'm not scared. I'm more scared of Youngkin now. I'm more scared of of Trump crashing and burning a contested convention, and they nominate clean, squeaky, never been to a debate. Chris Christie hasn't beaten them up all year, because Christie's going to destroy Ron DeSantis later this month. But 
I, I fear Glenn Youngkin would be the compromise candidate in a contested convention. Mm. That scares me. And that should keep all of you up at night. we got to take a break or I'm going to get in trouble. You all stick around? Yeah. We'll be yeah. right back. Oh, we'll yeah. take some of your calls as well. We're at 866-997-4748. When we come back, it's really going to happen. Gavin Newsom is going to debate Ron DeSantis on Fox News. Who is helped by this? Maybe all of us? Maybe only fascists. We'll find out. We'll be right back. I'm John Fugel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. I am joined by the great Dr. Tracy Pearson uh, and two of our favorite comedian friends. Uh, Liam McEnany is here and Mr. Ron Placone stopped by before he heads off to Edinburgh to slay them. And Ron has a legal question for Dr. Tracy. I, I do. All right. So I, I'm going to throw this out here as a disclaimer. I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but I, I, kind of, <laughs> I, I dive into it. How for many fun. times have I began a conversation with I'm not a doctor or, or also I'm not a cop, but that's on fetish night at a certain bar. <laughs> but but like I, I like to like read into policy for fun. And I, I'm sure you have some of those friends and I'm sure they get on your nerves the same way I get on my lawyer's friends nerves. But like but so, so here's it's like my, if you were a doctor and we asked you to write his prescriptions. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey. But no, no, relate, before we get off the topic uh, uh, of Trump, so this is j- just strictly from a, a legal perspective, like, like just setting aside <laughs> okay. j- just Trump. No, I need more. I, I, I think I need more setup for this. I need, I need more disclaimers. Know, I need to know other jobs you're not. Well, I just don't know <laughs> if it's a totally ridiculous question. I want the disclaimer God, to be out there. It can't be about sex but, after all this buildup, right? <laughs> I'm not a chef. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not you know, I always wanted to be a you chef. You know it's going to be that's... about like age of consent in Edinburgh. That's going to be the question you ask. I'm a happily married man. But <laughs> but no, so the way they're saying like, oh, they're they're charging conspiracy and, and just like, oh, he, he tried to initiate this. Um, why wouldn't they try to charge him on inciting violence? Like, doesn't that seem like the most obvious thing for them to... Mm-hmm. Like go with because that that is not protected speech. Like inciting violence is something you can't do. That seems like instead of being like, oh well, was it was it part of? Did he orchestrate this conspiracy? Which I feel like, well, that's going to be no. They they a they lot. He is not prosecuted for that. Yeah, yeah. There's there's, there's so why why was inciting violence never. Inciting violence, uh, that that charge makes you feel good. That is not a very good legal charge. And the reason for that is it is hard to prove. Um, he he was making political speech. Fight like hell. And 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 <laughs> it's it's in the it's in the mind of the person who's hearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is uh, it is something that's too wishy washy to stick. You want to have an element where you can uh, do something objectively with a objective evidence and not have it be an issue of reasonableness. Right. Okay. And so here this the, the conspiracies are easy and I say easy in quotes. Easy because it is it is an agreement between two people to go commit a crime. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's what they've yeah, got. That's, okay. They've that's got him to rights on that. I don't. I, I really got the impression reading this on the plane yesterday that they don't want to look bad. They don't want this to blow up in their face, and they don't want to bring out any kind of indictments that might feel really good and make you look like a hero to levy against him. 
that wouldn't stand up in court. And, you know, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, conspiracy against rights, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. They're all very benign, but they're all very broad. And they have long sentences attached to them, all yeah. but the first one, um, you know, up to 20 years. And what's interesting is, and I was looking at sentencing. Sentencing is always a, um, a difficult, complex issue at, at the federal level, thanks to the Republicans and their sentencing guidelines, because they were worried about activist judges. <laughs> Um, so it's a very complex process. Um, but but one of the things is that even though it's in the same indictment, if the acts happen on different days, then it's not um, it's not concurrent sentences, it's consecutive sentences. So you can actually add up those sentences as opposed ah. to serving them simultaneously. And so in this case, it's, 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 you know, usually what you have is you have, have a, a conspiracy to do something and it, it's all happening on the same day. This is stuff that's happening over a period of time. And it's very strategic points that Jack Smith has, has articulated. But it makes us feel good. We want to see somebody get punished for what we had to watch and right. observe. We, we are angry about that. But that is not the easy charge to prove. That hmm. is the one that makes us feel good. I would also say I'm not a federal prosecutor, <laughs> but I get the feeling that they understand that they have a year before the Republican National Convention to nail this guy, yeah. and they got to do the kind of easy wins and got to tack on those ones that they can prove and, and really like nail him with, Yes, because after he's the candidate, he's going to be like the Teflon Don. He's going to be tough to, to But I don't away. think there's going to be a trial before the RNC. Do you see this happening before July? Would this go to court within 11 months Tracy um they're they're trying to hold them to to the 70 day threshold um the 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 lawyer Loro John Loro um, is trying to push it out as long as possible and he's there's talk of him filing a motion to waive the speedy trial act which is a joke <laughs> like it's a joke I, there's a supreme court case from the 1900s that the early 1900s that says you can't do that like you cannot waive it and in fact the earliest something could go to trial with the defendant's consent would be 30 days. But but you can't waive speedy trial because it's a constitutional right. right. And, and given the posture of the defendant at that juncture, it would be undue influence to try to get a, a defendant to do to waive that right. They're not getting anything for it. Yeah. So let me ask about something somewhat different, because Ron DeSantis is trailing in the polls. Uh, it looks like he's not going to face Donald Trump on the debate stage. It looks like Chris Christie is going to pick up Ron DeSantis by the ankles and uh, <laughs> and, and beat other people with his body. Um, it be kind of fun to watch. Oh, Chris Christie is yeah. already. He's 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 tan rested and ready for this debate. Believe he's me. a Jersey guy. They're, that's what they're bred for. He did this he show. Knows the dirt. And he yeah. just he he, you know, and again, he's completely full of crap, but it's going to be interesting. So Ron DeSantis is getting ready to be desperate. And he decided to finally answer uh, Gavin Newsom's email. Um, and in an unlikely but possibly entertaining spectacle, uh, charisma guru DeSantis has agreed to a one-on-one debate with uh, Marvel What If star Gavin Newsom. This should be like pay-per-view. It yeah. should be, but instead it's going to be on Fox. And you want to know how confident Gavin Newsom is? You want to know how relaxed Homeboy is when he walks into? He wants it to be on Fox, moderated by Sean Hannity. Oh God! And he's volunteered for this. And you know what? I would do the same thing, and I'm a dope. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a clown, and I would go on Hannity to debate Ron DeSantis. No live audience. It's going to be November eighth or seventh. So during election week, one year as a preview. I think it's pretty smart because I think a 
DeSantis is probably the best surrogate Biden could hope for. B, we'll all be reminded how much DeSantis sucks. And C, these guys, I think, could be the nominees in 2028. We might be getting a very interesting preview this November. Or is it just a bunch of crap for hype and it doesn't mean anything? I think I think Newsom's positioning himself. He's absolutely getting out there with the idea that he wants to do a constitutional amendment. He wants to the twenty do, yeah about guns. He's very smart. Yep, and he he wants to do this. This gets him a national stage in front of people that hate him. And he does it all defending Joe Biden, being a good foot soldier to Joe yes. Biden. He is building his campaign in the smartest of ways. Smart guy, and I think that he is positioning himself for a run, um, and he knows he can't do it yet. Yeah. I didn't know that DeSantis had agreed to no audience. That is the dumbest thing he could have agreed to because you watched the Trump uh, whatever that was on CNN, and it was only the audience that carried him. And with DeSantis, it's only going to be a rabid MAGA audience that can carry him because one-on-one, the man's a punching bag for a guy like Gavin Newsom, who's not my favorite politician. Nor mine, but I watched Newsom with Sean Hannity, and it was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, the the guy knows his stuff, and he... You know, and like he's he's a very knowledgeable, good politician and a good orator. And DeSantis is a red meat throwing Florida politician. He doesn't get it. Mm. <sighs> I, so, first of all, I, I got to say this as a Californian. I hope that Gavin Newsom plans on running for president at some point, not because I'm a fan of the guy. Um, I, I mean, he has. He has signed a few things that that I've been happy about. A, a few things for the environment, the broadband bill. I was happy He's about. He's better that. than Larry Elder would have been. Of course. Well, yeah. yeah oh yeah. Totally. You know, that's totally, my totally. that's my high bar. Yes. No. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I I did. Yeah. I, I supported. You know, not recalling with him because Larry Elder. Yeah, that would have been terrible. I'm old enough to have voted against Schwarzenegger. I know yeah, how it is. Yeah, yeah. 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 So so yeah. So totally there. Um. But you know, sometimes it's like you see him in all this posturing that he does, and you just kind of, at least me as a California, and I'm like, look, Gavin, we know that the other states are batshit. We know that. That's why we pay four times the money to live here in California. You're right. It's terrible that they're banning books. It's terrible they're doing all these things. But your job is governor of California. Let's help California. That's your job. That's so. I, I and I can guarantee no Republicans are saying that in Florida to DeSantis right now, and that's why Democrats don't have the mojo. But yeah, you're right. You're right. So. So, so, I mean, as far as the debate goes, I, I, I would like to see him stick it to DeSantis. I, here's my thing. I just want to watch DeSantis, you know, be humiliated. I'm a, a moral person. That's porn for me. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing, though. With DeSantis, and, and I... He does not have any charisma, totally, but he knows how to slither out of stuff. He has all the right buzzwords. Like he knows how to slither out of stuff. Like That's a prime example, yeah, actually. Uh-huh. He uses all the buzzwords to get out of it. So if, if uh, Newsom or whoever's debating that guy doesn't go beneath the surface, he's going to just slither away. Correct, Amundo. Okay, let me move on then to unpopular opinions, because I want to get this in here. want to play the game. This was founded by our former producer, Tatiana, who didn't like Prince or Toy Story, and we couldn't believe it, so we created the the unpopular opinions game. Uh, Here are mine. Trump will never go to prison. I loved Indiana Jones 5. I think Barbie was better than Oppenheimer. I've got plenty of unpopular opinions, and I really do think it was better. Um, But I'm curious, what 
are the unpopular what, what's your unpopular opinion that maybe gets you thrown out of uh, of hip parties tracy oh god don't ask me yet i don't know oh you don't have one i don't have i mean I have <laughs> liam I'm, I'm guessing maybe you have an unpopular opinion i have many unpopular opinions i'm trying to think of the ones that i can cop to without uh <laughs> people yelling at me if they hear Oh, it. I'm sorry. It's about getting yelled at. I, I have to tell you something. A Greta Gerwig-Noah Baumbach collaboration on Barbie doesn't sound good, <laughs> and it sounds like whatever layers of feminism you're baking into the script, at the end of the day, it's still a toy commercial for a toy that has presented this unrealistic ideal of the female form for the past 80 years. And it's like, I can't yeah. feel good about that. I agree with- And I haven't gone to see it. I don't feel good about supporting it. I agree it. with everything you're saying. <laughs> and everything you're saying is addressed in very clever ways by this script. I mean, this script is designed to freak out shitty men. Like I've never seen a script that that like it. it I kept was saying, hey, am, I, "Am I uncomfortable about this?" It is so feminist, and it revels in making mediocre men uncomfortable with its feminism. I, I mean, as a believe. mediocre man, that sounds even worse. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, look, I know I'm in the wrong. Because... Here's what I'll say: It's live action satire in a movie theater. It's not. A, it really is a satire, and no one's called it that. I think we only have satire and animation in this country, like The Simpsons and Adult Swim. But this movie really is a commentary and on. I mean, and you know, they have the scene with the Mattel executives who make Barbie, and it's all men, led by Will Ferrell. Like, they really right. go for it on this movie in ways that surprise me. I mean, and look- What's your- it, This it, is your unpopular opinion, Building on Mine, for a film you haven't seen? I like this. Yeah, what I'm saying is, like, I understand it's- But it's why I'm not going to go. I'm gonna, I mean, it's like- It's so embedded in the culture. Yeah. It's such a phenomenon that if you Google Margot Robbie right now- Yeah. Google's screen turns pink and they have pink fireworks firing off. So I, I understand. Don't approve of that. No. I understand people are really into this movie. I just can't feel good about it. And I, I, I don't think people should feel good about things that are popular. <laughs> and they should be like me and own a Blu ray of The Cranes Are Flying. Uh, <laughs> I think we, that, that's a good one. Okay, you've, you've convinced me. Yeah. Uh, Ron, I know you've had unpopular opinions. Uh, oh, I sometimes have... with your own side, but, but tell me. I'm, I have plenty of if, unpopular opinions. If it wasn't for opinions. pissing off Liberals, I, I wouldn't. I don't know where I'd be. But. I have plenty of unpopular opinions. First of all, I, I actually don't have uh, an assessment of the Barbie movie yet. I've, I've not been paying a ton of attention, but uh, <laughs> it but hasn't I, gotten I'm, a lot of airplay or hype in the in the media. Right? Yeah, yeah it, it's hard to. I mean, you kind of got to catch it. It's like yeah. a blip, you know. But I'm curious if Ted Cruz found out whether or not Barbie's a communist yet, and I hope she is. <laughs> I hope she is. I want to get a co-op Ken doll. I, I want. <laughs> I, I want Barbie with a copy of Das Kapital. I, I want to own this. I want to own. You all know this. what made me had to see it? I watched like about half of Ben Shapiro's forty-three minute adult male tirade he against the movie. He was really upset. He was. He threw his booster seat at the screen. <laughs> is what I heard during the film. That's how. I, he has not been this upset since the the couples therapist told him the female orgasm was a real thing. He's very <laughs> angry. So that did motivate me to see it. Maybe I liked Have it more than I should. Have you ever done his have. show? No, I hung out with him once in a CNN green room. Oh, okay. And that guy's that a enough. weasel. That guy's a disingenuous you. weasel person. Um, Tracy, have you had enough time to form an unpopular yeah, opinion? Yeah, I mean, you know, I haven't seen the Barbie film. Uh, only, I'm the only feminist Don't here. let that stop you from hating yeah, it, seriously. No, I mean, I, yeah, I hear you. I hear you over there. My unpopular opinion right now is I, I really can't stand MSNBC. It's really, as a liberal, I can't stand That's unpopular? It. it is. I just can't. Uh -huh. I mean, you know, I again, I live in the, you know, the, I'm not going to call it X 
I'm going to call it Twitter, the Twitter sphere. And I it just the the rabid devoutness to it. I, I watched today. I was sitting there and I was like, oh, God, the fact that I got an email from John was a wonderful breakup from watching that. Well, I mean, I think MSNBC, it, my deal is it, it's not liberal. It's pro-Democratic Party. Like Fox yeah. News is not conservative. It's pro-whatever Trump wants. And so, I, you know. Yeah. But everything is histrionic. It is just histrionics all the time. Everything yeah. is like new and shiny, you know, look at that over there and oh my god. But that's what that's what's comforting. It's not their job to tell the truth. It's their job to get ratings. That's and, why it's all drama, all hype. And we want to know why people have difficulty understanding how to vote. I mean, I grew up in a time when if you saw in the guide the word news, you would turn in, tune in, and be informed about the news of the day. Yes. Now I watch these channels, and it's yeah. always just people shouting at each other. No kidding. Shouting at your own team, yeah. reinforcing, which I, I get. It's just, I, I wish it was more entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> ne- next time you want to watch cable news, instead of turning it on, you can just you can just email me and be like, Ron, do you have any ridiculous legal questions? Okay, I'll do that. Like, I have thousands. Okay. Here's what I've been nerding out about That's this week. That's a podcast right there. That's we a- got to go. I'm John Fugelstein. Keep it tuned to SiriusXM Progress. Peace. Peace.